Okay, but taste. Better or worse than the White Russian? Better, better than a White Russian. That's okay. That's not fair. I really like Kahlua. <laughs> As do I. So like, I think it's a so normal thing to like. Better than a White Russian. Less good than a Black Russian. <laughs> which, which I, I guess I should say, not even a Black Russian. Then a Kahlua and cream. Oh, mudslide. Oof. I don't know. Wow. Like, uh, I mean, which is I'm, also a pain to clean. But like, but if yeah. I was to make, if I was to make a White Russian, anything, but would... just skip vodka and just do the Kahlua. And then the cream, I'd be like, that's better. I don't know. I love but, white Russians, but I'm also partial. I'm partial. Like, I, one, with white Russians, I need to be in the mood. And then two. Okay, that's like, fair. I, I just really, really like the dude. I really love the Big Lebowski. So, I, like, I. I no, I, it's, and that's fair. Did you know that over $5 trillion exchanges hands on a daily basis? That's an average of over $220 billion an hour. Now, how does this much money move every single day, and why does it move the way it does? Here on Drunkenomics, two bartenders who also happen to be students at the University of Nebraska Graduate School of Business are going to sit down and drink to the global economy and try and translate it into English. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a stiff one, and have a drink with us to the comedy that is the global economy. All right, everybody, guess what? Welcome back to yet another episode, yet another presentation of Drunkenomics. This is the drinking podcast with an economics problem. So many economics problems, just just so many. Right? Yeah, there are there are there are more economics problems than there are days in the year to address them. Starts <laughs> in the night sky. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> should we even start counting? I mean, I don't know how much time do you got. How many bottles of scotch do you have? Actually, that's a better question. Not enough. Not I'll say this. There is not enough scotch currently being aged yeah, to, oh. to actually address all of it. And I'm including yeah. all of it. Like, I'm saying, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the single malts, the blends. You're talking about the distilleries that are, have not yeah. even issued a single bottle yet. Like, those, the young ones, like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, all, all of, of that. Everything that I is agree. currently sitting in a warehouse, aging to perfection. Yeah. And if, if you want, um, I, feel, I feel like if you extend it in an olive branch, like if you include bourbon, rye, Irish whiskey, Japanese whiskey, Taiwanese whiskey, all the different types of whiskey. I'm not saying there isn't enough whiskey. I don't think there is. Boy, it be. That's... That'd be a miracle. It'd be hard. Yeah, it'd be really hard. It'd be, it'd be very difficult. Yeah, so. but speaking of whiskey, hopefully you have a nice, fresh, stiff one in front of you. I have my little single malt. I think it's a space side. I forget. I, I, I left the bottle in the kitchen, so I'm too lazy to go get it and figure out where it's from. I just had but, a. Uh, uh, I just had my blended one, so. Oh, nice. My nice doers. Do you know where Craig Gallicky is from? Craig Lakey? Space side, right? Yeah, Craig, Gall- Craig Lakey? Um, Craig Lakey. I thought it was Craig Gallicky. That's what I say. That's, I... I one of us is wrong. We might both be wrong. I'm sure we have a Scottish listener out there more than happy to yeah. disabuse us. Well, that's um, what I'm drinking right now. It's delicious. It's the uh, it's the 15 year. Um, so I, th- I, I think, love it. I'm pretty sure it's a space side. I think you're right. I don't think it's... It tastes like a space side is all I'm going to say. Um, Could be a Highland. Yeah. Anyways, uh, speaking of which, sorry, sorry for digressing so much. So glad you all can join us. Uh, this is, once again, the drinking podcast with an economics problem. I, by the power vested in the VIX, which is at 1981, which I'm sure was a great year. Year. Um, I think there was a Black Sabbath album that came out that year. It, I guess that makes me the gracious host. It does make you the so, more gracious host. Ed, but but who? Yeah. Who are you for two weeks in a row more gracious? And that makes me Aaron Wong, and that would make you. Uh, what was your name? I keep. Just, I am James Goldwater, LGH, less gracious host. Nice. I will be less gracious now than ever before. So <laughs> okay, I've looked up. I've looked up 1981's uh, albums. And nice. I found one that I think very clearly would be, if not necessarily the album you'd love, you'd be like, oh, that's a, that's a solid one. And okay. of course, it's um, 
Tattoo You by Rolling Stones. That is actually really good. Wait, isn't that the one with uh, um, Miss You? Who's Miss You on that album? I know Start Me Up is on that one. That's a good question. No, wait, no. God, it's I'm so start, stupid. Yeah, no, that is, it is Start Me oh, Up. Oh, wait, no, I'm so stupid. Miss You is on um, Some Girls, isn't it? Or, yes. It's gosh. it's the Some Girls. Okay, uh, yeah. Or some Girls or Four Some Girls, I forget, whatever. But either way, I mean, huge Stones fan. But yeah, dude, uh, so glad you all can join us. Um, seriously, really appreciate you drinking along. I, we should probably start with one. Um, nothing we say. This is our little disclaimer that we have to say. Nothing. Absolutely. Nothing we say represents the thoughts and views of our employers. If they do, that is completely coincidental. None of yep. this is financial advice. We're pretty inebriated, so you know, take everything we say. Usually, yeah, take well, everything. Not when we're working, but well, yeah, well, not when we're working, but like now, if you want to call this working, uh, certainly. Uh, so take everything we say with a grain of salt. I mean, do your research. I really encourage you. If you hear a fact that we say, and you're like, oh, I don't know about that one. Definitely look it up and feel free to correct us. You know, you can all, you can you can find us yeah. on uh, Instagram. You can jump uh, on Twitter and Facebook. Oh wait, I misordered that. I said Twitter in the middle of Instagram and Facebook. Uh, what I meant to say is Instagram and Facebook at Drunkonomical, and then separately on Twitter at Drunkonomical. That's D-R-U-N-K-U-N-O-M-I-C-A-L. Uh, from there, there is a That's link. actually right, because we can't, we can't yeah. link those together, because obviously, yeah. there are different social medias. I know, it's, all, Thanks, it's, it's Elon. weird. Oh, well, we'll see. Um, we'll see if we get sued. But either way, uh, from there, you could... On most platforms, maybe except for Twitter, you can find us, you can find our Discord, which is free to all. Uh, feel free to join. There's a lot of great conversations about white Russians, about uh, the dude being prouder, about, not proud. About Fireball, about, about Fireball and Milk. About Fireball and Milk, um, yeah. And then, of the course. Borsa or the Borsa or the, or the Borsa's Nan, who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know. He still hasn't given us a name for it, so. Yeah, I know. I don't know if you like my Paradox name, but I'm starting to not like it as much anymore. But <laughs> yeah, but anyways. um. Join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, join, uh, jump hear, in. Yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts on certain things that we talk about. We'd love to, you know, if, if there's something we say that you're just like, that is not correct, correct us. Like, I I, I welcome it. Um, I, I appreciate it. I know that a lot of times I'm just kind of shooting from the hip here. Yeah, we fire, um, we fire from the hip. And then, and then the so, funny thing is, is when we're done firing from the hip, we actually are discussing things that we have thoroughly researched yeah. so it's very, or have a lot of experience in. And we realize that, boy, right. are, we, are we just as confident with our fire from the hip as we are with stuff we know? It's probably not the best habit, yeah, but it's, it's certainly still, it's the most econoholic or drink yes, that's habit. Absolutely. Yeah. Just pretend like you know it all and then apologize later. I mean, that's kind of like one of our slogans, you know, just like it's better to ask for forgiveness than for permission. Right. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I don't know. Where do we go? I think the first thing, last thing we talked about was really the BRICS agreement. Um, I guess if you want to get a, kind of extend knowledge branch, because like we've been talking about the petrodollar a lot, mm-hmm. the BRICS agreement. We have, but it's a fun, I, I, it's kind of a fun topic. Yeah, it's kind of a fun topic. You know, we're talking about the emerging markets of the world starting some sort of trade alliance, really kind of finding a rival to the petrodollar. And I just saw this recently. So the petrogold is apparently something that Saudi Arabia is considering. Yeah. And, and it's a, it's a very interesting like going to gold, it's. It, it, I don't know how you would do that. I don't know. Though, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's. It's. Are you trying to? Are you trying to create some very bizarre Bretton Woods agreement where instead of? <laughs> but I don't quite understand the linking of two commodities like that. Oh, gold and oil. That's how we'll we'll do it. And I'm like, that's yeah. Well, our, and a strategy, like, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know what else is also a strategy is just linking it to a currency because if you think about it, like what is gold? Gold is essentially kind of like a dollar, right? It's. Dollars used to be tracked or, or I guess pinned to gold. Pinned to gold. No. Yeah, the buying power of a dollar fluctuates. 
and the value of gold fluctuates. So we have two fluctuating yeah. things that are kind which, of supposed to be, but, but like it's kind of, it's just, the, the yeah, but it'd be the same if like gold, which is a flux, which has fluctuating value and has fluctuating entitlements mm-hmm. to certain currencies, right? You know, X amount of like, you know, a, a pound of gold could entitle you to X amount of euros, but on a different day, a month from now, it could be a different, another amount yeah, of euros. Different amount. Yeah, same with the dollar, right? It would, it would, it would, but be, like, it would benefit nations that have large amounts of gold or that have been stockpiling large amounts of gold. Which everybody is doing. China. Which everybody's doing, especially oh. China. China has 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 added a ton of gold into their into their reserves. Absolutely, they 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 love to stockpile uh, commodities of all kinds. Yeah. Uh, except coal for whatever reason. That one they went. Yeah, they just said nah. screw you, Australia. But we'll buy Australian um, coal from other countries. What? <laughs> what? Hang on, wait a minute. Said, that doesn't. Uh, that yeah. doesn't sound right. I mean, maybe Australia can sell to like Indonesia, and then China can buy Australian coal from Indonesia or something like that. I don't know. I feel like that's a lot less efficient. But if you know, if that's if that's you, do you? You know, yeah, it's very much like it seems China wanted to cut in the middleman. <laughs> yeah, you don't often cut, see. How do you cut in you a middleman? <laughs> like, how does that Frank Lucas would say, ah, well, I, I'm going to go out there. I want to cut out the middleman. I'm just, I want to go straight to it. You take me out to the jungle. I want to meet the yeah. guy. Oh, and yeah, you meet that's... the guy. If it's all the same to you, I don't want to have to drag myself out here ever again. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, what was that scene? He was like, he was like, you think you're just going to fly out of here with 10,000 tons of heroin? Oh, yeah. And no one's going to yeah. ask you any questions? You think, you think you're going to take this? And, and someone is going to let you do that? And he's like, <laughs> the one that's right. That's another like, great actor. Yeah, I know. Denzel is like, awesome. No, not Denzel. The, the um, Asian actor across from him in that scene. Oh, really? Uh, I don't know who he is. He's been in a bunch of stuff where he always plays this kind of, he plays that kind of second, like he's that supporting character. Not a huge part. Delivers his- But delivers it, nails it. Is, is When he acts, he is acting at the same level as Denzel or whoever's across That's great, yeah. And he's like- That's crazy, because like, like, man. That dialogue scene, like, you can tell both actors kind of had like this range that, that stayed within the yeah. context of the scene really, really well. But it also kind of made mm-hmm. it interesting, and, and it made the dialogue have a little bit of tension, which is great. It was. There was a lot of tension and then, that- and, and no one was threatening. They were just yeah. Like, it was, but there was, but there's tension. But tension's good, right? Tension's good in movies. You want it, like it keeps you, absolutely. it keeps you reeled in. So if they can make you feel. If they can make you feel something, they're doing it right. Exactly. So I mean, that's my artistic tangent, right? That with the all the Black Sabbath references and the, uh, the Rolling Stones references. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think it's weird because like gold, you, you want to do petrol gold, right? Gold fluctuates in value in store value. You want to know what else fluctuates in value? Oil. Right, so you have two, you know, so it just it'd be the same thing, yeah. right? So it's like okay, well, it's this, it's this thing now is it's it's I have to ba- I have to balance my my currency into a commodity into another commodity, and it's like that's a right, why? but like why but then would again, you do this? yeah, but then again, if you're Europe, right, so you're balancing your currency to another currency to oil, so it's kind of like you know it, the petrodollar yeah. benefits the U.S. right in the sense, of, well, and, and you know we do buy a lot of oil, so. Like it kind of makes sense to to kind of placate to your 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 best customer, and but, we sell a lot of oil too. To be fair, yes, the US is oh, still a net energy exporter. Net, yeah, net absolutely net exporter. But yeah, so like it, it does it does behoove you, or you know, it would be in your yeah. best interest to placate to your best customer. To the rest of the world, it's like okay, well, we have the yuan, or we have the yen, or we have this. We have to match mm-hmm. that over to the dollar, which fluctuates in value, and then match it over to oil, which also fluctuates in value. So, you know, does gold make it easier? I, I don't know. I mean, well, like, it's, it's it's if you have to go into another thing to get this, it's like, why am I changing from the dollar to gold? Yeah, like which well, which beg, one one begs to wonder. But at the same time, I guess if if you only have to add one thing, right? Like, so it's, oh, I'm, I'm having to go to gold, then to oil. It's, it's like, well, 
all right. Like I was going to have to go into something else anyway. But it is yeah. still just, it's, it, to me, it's just one of those things where, like to the U.S., obviously, that would be inconvenient. Suddenly we're adding a step. And it's, yeah. it's um, anywhere else in the world, you just change what you're acquiring. Yeah, well, it makes you wonder, like, you know, I, I don't know, like, what happened in the in the 70s where Saudi Arabia just really didn't have any Nixon? appetite. Well, <laughs> well, I'm just... Nixon. Yeah, okay, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that that had, that absolutely had to have played a huge role. But like, what I'm also wondering, too, is like, okay, why, why, were, why, why did Saudi Arabia not have an appetite for the euro? Or I, I guess not as big of an appetite to have a petrol euro. Well, I think so. So what it is, and, and it's very, very simple. It's just that the, um, the oil exploitation rights were U.S. companies. Fair in enough. Saudi Arabia. That's, oh, that's yeah, what, yeah, actually, that's what it was. So you know what? Actually, the more amount of seconds I sit on that, the more it makes sense. So like it's 100%, just, it's just, it's yeah. just uh, yeah. I think I think I forget who it was. But I think it was British Petroleum or or one of the other um, yeah. or Dutch Royal, Royal Dutch Shell, Shell yeah. whatever it was. But they they went they went they went through and they just decided based on their experience finding oil that Saudi Arabia did not have any oil. Whoa. Said, no, they don't have any. Talk about a swing and a miss. <laughs> yeah, it really went the other way on that one. And so then you end up with like, you know, with like Exxon or someone like one of the U.S. firms getting yeah. the, oil, the oil rights to Saudi Arabia very, very inexpensive um, because no one else was interested. No one else wanted the prospect, whereas the U.S. firms went, yeah, all right. Um, I guess that makes things a little bit more interesting. I don't know. I, I just don't How would you implement the, the Petrogold idea? I'm just like, to me, and obviously we're talking like decades into the future, probably before this even actually is pragmatic. But I just, you know, I saw it on my newsfeed. I'm like, I can't not talk about this. This is pretty, just because it was, it was so fitting into our previous conversations. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, it's, it's, well, the question becomes is, do you, does Saudi Arabia really want gold or do they just want gold because they can turn around and sell that for whatever currency they're needing that day? Yeah. Is it just, uh, what, what are the tenets of a dollar again? It's like one of them is like an exchange of exchange. It's that tenant, right? It's the exchange of value oh, or of, of currency is, is yeah, it's a, uh, um, it's the store of value. A unit of exchange. exchange. That's unit of exchange. Okay. It's a unit of exchange. Yeah. Okay. I swear to God, I didn't even look that up. I just, it just came, just popped up in my head. It was stored somewhere in my head that I just, I wasn't accessing mm-hmm. and it just, that's it, a real I was thinking about it. store of value, my guy. Nice. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, man. Uh, I will be, I yeah. will be, thank you. Thank you for the pun. I'll be seeing myself out. Um. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> One more beer, One more beer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just think it's really interesting. And like you know, I, I, we talked about the petro yuan all all this time. Speaking of the yuan, I mean, it seems like I keep seeing these headlines, and, and you know, I feel bad because last week I didn't really pay that much attention to the news. But today I looked at the news, and it was all you know, all these Chinese minis might be going bankrupt, not not going bankrupt, but just running out of cash. Yeah, which isn't really. Which I guess shouldn't be a surprise is that you've got you've no. had two yeah. years of two two years now of extreme of, of zero COVID policy, right? Yeah. So um, which is now over. And during that time, you had extreme economic downturn. You would shut yep. down on a whim. You shut down at the drop of a hat. I mean, what was it? I was reading in um, I, I was reading the Economist that something like that the municipalities create something like fifty percent of the tax revenue in in China. All but they China, also create right. eighty five. They also create eighty five percent of the total debt. And so, so how, how does that work? Very, very quickly, one can sit here and say, like, if I'm creating, if I'm making 50 cents and I'm spending 85, I've got a serious problem. Right. Yeah. Um, eventually. But yeah, how does that exactly. work? It's, um, it's, it's that they issue, it's, well, you issue, you, you issue as the municipality, you have municipal bonds, which you're spending to build a high speed rail network that no yep. one uses or you're using it to build. <laughs> um, well, it, it, there's been a huge amount of investment in their high speed rail system. But it's one that's being paid for with municipal bonds and with other essentially junk bonds. And on top of that, it's like, well, you're spending all this money to build this infrastructure. 
how are you going to get ROI? And more importantly, is yeah. the ROI going to create enough tax revenue to pay this to pay the bond, bond back, or yeah. is this just going to so or, or you get to roll over this debt forever? And eventually, people stop. No, it, it doesn't work. Yeah. It, eventually, it fails. It has to. Right. So I mean, so that um, makes sense, right? So like, I mean, kind of, kind of like their construction industry, their their home home industry, home building industry, is that eventually people call dingo and um, get yeah. wise to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it this way: like, so pretty much for every dollar that you spend in tax, like, or every dollar that you pay in taxes in China to your municipal local government, your state and city tax, they're taking that and spending, you know, a, a buck, buck six, a buck 60 or, or 70 or whatever it is. I can't, yeah. the math is, I don't have a calculator on me. Yeah. Uh, it's, but it's, yeah, it's, it's not a, yeah. And then where do they get the extra 60 cents? They're issuing new debt, right? They're, they're mm-hmm. saying, all right, here's a new bond. Yeah. Uh, this is the coupon payment, selling it to somebody and hopefully they buy it. Right. So that's, that's essentially what's going on in China. And I don't know. I don't. Th- apparently, they're not doing that fast enough. Apparently, they're not saying, "Hey, here's here's a new bond. Someone please buy it. Anybody want it?" Well, either that or nobody <laughs> wants it. Which is <laughs> the other end of that, which is to say that yeah, but then, like the lo- what, what you really look at is probably your local banks are looking at these like they're not good investments. Yeah, but then but eventually but, they'll be told you have to buy these, and the banks but, are going, "We don't have money." Yeah, so. I mean, something, I, I don't know if the yields for Chinese meanies are like 15% or something. I have no idea, but it, yeah, but, but it makes sense that nobody, nobody would want them because one, like, it seems like they're insanely leveraged and there's a concern that they might not be able to afford to pay government workers at the local level. No. Anymore. And that, and that, and that creates a very serious problem. So yeah. The government can't pay its workers. Well, boy, does work stop real quick. Jeffrey. Yeah. Well, this uh, is the thing too. You, I think it's, I think it'd be you re- only really have to look at Russia in the nineties. Well, I think it'd be pretty funny too, because like, if you think about it, like, you know, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, if you think about it, so like the people that are enforcing the CCP rule or look, the local police force, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I have a very skewed perspective towards the CCP. Granted, it's a, it's a very negative one. So to be honest with you, if all of a sudden they can't pay their police force, the police force can't enforce CCP rule. Or won't. You know? Why would they? Like, why are they going to enforce a rule where they're not getting paid? Exactly. Like, it's, it's, it's a... So, like, all I'm saying, what, what I'm trying to, what, like, where, how I'm trying to connect the dots is basically like, is it really that bad if, if they do run out of money, right? Because now local police force, you know, I, I guess federal government could come in and enforce CCP rule. But then that create other issues, whereas maybe the federal government starts running out of cash too. Well, the big one is always, you know? and it's kind of a, it's a really simple kind of description of what the difference between the military and the police is. Like in the U.S., you have mm-hmm. the Posse Comitatus Act, which essentially says that federal military authority can't be used to enforce laws in the United States except in declared emergencies. Right. Except in very specific cases. Yeah. Critically, it becomes this: the purpose of the police is to enforce the law. The purpose of the military. Is to is to fight the enemies Defend, of the yeah. state and protect its citizens. And when you're using the military to when you use the military on the civilian population, the enemies of the state and the civilian population yeah. tend to become the same same thing, thing which yeah. is a problem. But I, I mean, I'm just saying, like it's 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 pretty fascinating, right? Like it's you know, I think the rules are a little bit different in China in the sense that like if they wanted to, I'm sure China China would be more than willing to do this. They'd be more than willing to impose their military force on their citizens. You know, the oh, U.S. Yeah. is usually like, Just think I, about I feel like the U.S. is more like a domestic terrorist or a potential domestic terrorist or like a Bernie Madoff. They, if you, then they'll send in some- Well, they'll send in the federal you know, authorities, but if you yeah. really, like, the really like, only time you see the U.S. military being deployed with active, on some sort of active purpose within the United States, you're dealing with a natural disaster. Yeah, it's a natural disaster. Um, so generally like, speaking, they're they're not taking weapons. I mean, they are, but they're not, it's not like they're, they're not going with the stated them. purpose of, of crushing 
or, or the U, let's put this way: the U.S. Army hasn't been used on the United in within the United States in several hundred years. Yeah. Like, well, in a hundred and during the 1860s was the last time it really happened. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you: certain states brought that on themselves. Is all I'm going to say. Yes, exactly. But no, in in yeah. China, look, all I'll say is this: there is no history of the Chinese using their military on their people. Ever. They've never done it. Mm-hmm. They definitely didn't in Tiananmen Square. Never, never. Nothing no. happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened that day. If you go to China, don't, why go- don't even why, Google why it. Don't even Google, Google it. You know, like they, don't don't they, look up. Don't, <laughs> don't look up, dude. dude don't, if you're in China, don't look up. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's, but it makes you wonder, right? Because like, also, if I was in China, like, I have mm-hmm. no choice but to trust their, you know, what I'm taught in school. Like, you want to pass. Yeah. You want to get to the university. And, and, but I'll be honest with you. When when your teachers stop getting paid, there we go. See, I, that's that's <laughs> where teachers stop getting paid. That's kind of police stop getting that's paid. That's kind of how I want the wheels to turn. You see what I mean? Like, so does the part does the party line stop getting towed? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like the, the CCP history that doesn't get enforced, right? The, the history lessons of the CCP they don't get enforced upon Chinese uh, the Chinese citizens. Their rules, their all whatever it is, their their inefficiencies. The and, fact that they don't have a vaccine, right? Like they could easily, and I'm sure the entire world would be. And they could buy this. it, but they yeah. don't. They won't. They don't want to buy they, an external one. So they, exactly, if they wanted, I guarantee you, Pfizer will sell them all the vaccines in the world. Absolutely, um, John. Whatever, every every pharmaceutical company in the I'll US. Say, I'll say every vaccine you got dollars to buy. Absolutely, right? yeah. They would sell them every single vaccine, but they don't want it, right? They and won't buy it. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying, like, there's there's. You know, I, I think the CCP has just been absolutely out of control. I mean, just look at the real estate market. Like, it's been oh, unbelievably gosh, yeah. inefficient, right? What was I that mean, thing that you said? Yeah, about, so the, here's, uh, the, here's the crazy fact, or, or the thing that I realized, I read, I was reading something. I read The Economist. I'm not an uncultured <laughs> swine. I, I do read things. Well, I, I thought um, you, tur- I I thought you totally and, were. Yeah, and then I jumped in and did some research. I could see where their data is coming from. But so they did some math and they said, well, if you look at it, yeah. 60% of the houses purchased in the, purchased and paid for in the last decade. So I bought my house, 60% of those houses that have been historically purchased. So in the last 10 years, 60% have not been delivered. That's six zero, right? Six zero percent. Six zero, not, not. So yeah, almost six, almost zero. two and three More houses. Than 50%. Three out of five houses have not shown up. Yeah. Like, I've paid you. I pay. I paid the developer. I have paid. I've been paying wow. my mortgage because I have to. Yeah. But I don't have it, and that's and that's not even to say like well, a completed version of it that I can live in. Like it's it's because we know that when they say like oh this is complete, what they really mean is the building is built. Like because we were talking well, about how that you know some of these are just concrete. Yeah, they're just concrete. Like well, first of all, the ironic thing about the whole sixty percent you know of houses haven't even been delivered. Even with that, right? People have already paid for that. The, the cash has already been delivered to these real estate companies. They're still going broke. Oh so, yeah, no, it's it's bad. Like, I mean, Evergrande's. Yeah, do you even need to say yeah, anymore? Do, like Evergrande's not. Yeah, what else do we need to say? Not good. Yeah, so they're, um, they're con- all, and Country Garden, which is like the number two, yeah. is also in really bad. Even shape. despite the fact that people have been paying for houses since 2013, they still are out of cash, which is abs- which is absurd, right? Like, can you imagine? Yeah, and, and, and some of those buildings like, aren't finished. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, and that's another thing that I was going to say too, is like, you know, I keep, I keep watching these like mini documentaries by Bloomberg or Wall Street Journal. And it's like, you know, this old mm-hmm. lady lives in the 20th floor of this apartment building that doesn't even have windows put up, right? And no nope. plumbing, no electricity. It's it's some apartment she, that she, she paid. She should be grateful there's stairs. Yeah. She's like, yeah. She's like, oh, this is just the way life is. You know, she walks downstairs to get water from like a courtyard that isn't finished there's no plumbing so whenever she has to you know that relieve like herself a situation <laughs> yeah That's whenever she Ooh. has to relieve herself she has to do it in a certain way and then take that bucket 
and walk down 20 flights of stairs. I'll be honest. And the worst <laughs> you know, part is, is, you know there's some spill and you know that those stairs are slippery. Like those are not good stairs. No, those are, yeah, exactly. And to be yeah, on. Like, so the, it, it, that's that's how a lot of people are living. They, ha- they, they like build fires in their apartments because they're like, there's no electric, there's no electricity, there's no wiring, there's no Wi-Fi, there's no windows. No, it's, so yeah. Literally it, like. It, that, and that's the thing. It's like, when we say like undelivered, like that's a great, like a great comparison. Like, so the two of the five, the, the two of the five that are delivered, Delivered, a lot of them are like that. Get delivered are like that. That's the forty percent that did get delivered. A lot of when them. they say like, "Oh, here's your house, we've delivered." What they deliver usually, I mean, some like this. Put this way, they usually have windows, but that's just to keep the elements out. Other than that, like it's an unfinished space. You're delivered yeah. like like a, 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 a just a square footage area with a door on it. I don't even know if the door's on it. Like it's just space. Or if, the, like, if you can yours. lock it, yeah. And it's, you know, it's concrete. There's no carpeting, there's no flooring. It's concrete floor, concrete top. And so it's like, all right, see, now yeah. you gotta, now you have to, if you, if you were to make there's this habitable, you have to- Does the kitchen work? I don't have know if to bring the someone else in. To, yeah, is there a stove? Is there a microwave? Is there a fridge? There's no right. internal walls. There's no- Exactly. Nothing. That's what there's I'm no saying. There's no outlets. There's no- it's, Exactly. No, nothing works, know. right? So there's like, it's not even connected to the grid. That's that's how like off. Yeah. these things like it's just a building it's just this giant it's, it's, three-story ever, building it, that's just there if there's ever anything that if you're in north korea you shouldn't google <laughs> not that it's connected to google let's be fair but look up, <laughs> go ahead and look up like propaganda like the the north korean propaganda village and that's basically what a delivered apartment is it's it externally it's done internally it's oh nothing, yeah it hasn't even i know what you're talking about the one that it's just, it's, the one that looks like a really developed fi- thriving city from like 40 miles away yeah with with, then, with lights on timers but and so like back yeah. in like the the 50s and 60s when it was built it, it was like this really it was this great propaganda thing but now that you have like camera zoom lenses everything else people can like zoom it or binoculars they can just look at it and be like oh there are no windows no All one right. lives there um there are no cars there like it, it's very clear that right. this is a it is a, a potemkin village i think is the expression yeah. that's used well it's it's really just like um you know like i mean north korea i think like is a lot like china and really just anyone else they're, they're, they're definitely slaves to appearances so they the, the appearance of thriving and success oh yeah. that's kind of what that but, thing is I mean, the, but uh, think about this like if so, china had if these were the problems before china before beijing put the red line on or that, that line in the sand on their developers saying essentially hey you can't keep doing this you have to you know, we're not going to loan you more money. You need to do this. You need to, you can't be as levered up as you were. Like that's how, that's how things were when they were allowed to do whatever they want. Now, yeah. like mm. I think this, the, the, the cubic footage or like the volume of, of like floor space being sold this year is down 24% from last really? year. So people yeah, aren't well, buying I think, anymore. I, I, I feel like, and, um, you know, just based on the track record, you know, I mean, that's like as an investor, if, if you're an investor of anything, like you, you can have to pay attention to the track record of the company and, and the leadership, right? So if you look at the track record of China and their leadership, it's like, and their real estate market, it's kind of like, well, dude, you haven't delivered on 60% of the property. So three or five have not have been delivered. To, have failed to materialize. The two or five that have been delivered, most of them suck. So, unless I'm a sociologist, would not be considered up to up to standards in the yeah. West, up to Western exactly. American standards. Yeah, or um, just like, I mean, I think then, I think just it, we could just agree that any humane standards. I mean, like for the longest time, China was doing just fine, right? Like they were doing okay. They weren't living like that in China. If you, if you give me you cash know? for a, um, if you give me cash at the bar and ask for a pint, and I hand you an empty pint glass and go, there you go. <laughs> that's not that's not how this works my like, it's not how this goes yeah. like, uh, or, or, very much or actually two of the five times you just handed them like you know a glass full of ice and nothing else it's like yeah or three, <laughs> three out of five you get a glass you get a two out of five you get a glass full of ice 
Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe some filler. And the other three times I just put an empty glass on the bar and go, or, 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 or every person, I don't even put the glass on the bar. I just go like, yeah, just sweet. Not, not even a coaster. Just like, you're... no, I'll do the coaster. Not an animal. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, you at least have a little bit more, you're, you're more, you're a lot more ethical than China. So yeah, yeah but, sure, but, yeah, but on totally. top of that, like think about this, like, so, so last month, so Beijing's announced that 30, 30 firms that they will not name, they've eliminated the triple red line policy on. So now 30 developers in China, they've said, have at it. Go do What's the triple? So what, wait, oh, remind yeah. me, and I'm sorry to make you do this, but what is the triple red line policy again? The, or the three red lines. So the three red lines three red line, um, yeah. were essentially, it was, the, it was the way they were capping debts. They essentially said um, it was financial regulatory guidelines uh, introduced by Beijing, and, it was a, and essentially they were capping debt to cash, debt to assets, and debt to equity ratios. Oh, okay. So, so like when you do these like, ratios- Are they kind of like restrictive yeah. covenants? Like it sounds like covenants. Well, like it was essentially it was of, saying right? if, if, you, if you fail any of these tests, you have to be passing all these tests before you oh. can create new debt, essentially. And so, yeah, it was essentially them saying, uh, it was them using, uh, creating a method of saying like, you actually need to start delivering. You can't, yeah. just, you can't fuel your expansion with debt and then not actually, essentially- you can't Enron this, uh, but then, but then, like, so I said, for thirty for thirty or so firms, they've uh, recently said, actually, you guys can Enron this because they've realized that there are some very serious problems with their with their uh, developing market, especially when you consider the fact that twenty percent of Chinese GDP comes from property development, comes from that real estate. Yeah, so like that things. makes me wonder. So like you know. One, there's there's company solvency issues that might you know that might become a home to roost here pretty soon. And then on top of that, if you mm-hmm. don't want your municipalities to be bankrupt, which if I was President Xi, I wouldn't, right? No, I'm not President Xi, and I'm grateful for it. But if I was President Xi, it's like you know I want people to keep to continue to enforce my CCP whatever ideologies. If these municipalities go bankrupt. That's not good, but I feel like the likeliness yeah. of them going bankrupt, you know, for all you quant methods nerds out there, like if the you know, the probability of these things happening will be increased by this much if the Chinese real estate market does this, right? Like, or does yeah, tanks continues or whatever, to fail, you know? right? Yeah. So if you, if you start to see that there comes was less investment in it. There's, 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 like, we're seriously coming yeah. up on solvency issues, right? Absolutely. So, um, yeah. I know it was, only, it was only at the very, very last minute before they entered real default, but it was only at the very, very right. last possible moment that Country Garden paid on one of its bonds, paid the coupon on one of its bonds. Like, there, wow. there are solvency issues. There's no question of, like, when will solvency yeah, issues you can, hit? Wonder, yeah, you kind of wonder, like, what do they do to get the cash to do that? Like, you know? Well, who, well the next thing is, who are they going to get it from? Because, obviously, the municipalities don't have the money. No, um, no. Beijing probably isn't going to loan them. I mean, it will, but it'll do it through something. But well, the next and if, is, they're wa- if, they're, if they're banking on customer transactions, that's declining at a very, very fast pace, mm-hmm. right? So Well, and if, they're, and if they're looking at any of the banks, remember, these banks are also facing issues because people aren't paying their mortgage because I don't know if you heard us, I don't know if you heard <laughs> about this, but 60% of homes paid for, purchased in the last decade, haven't been delivered. So, <laughs> so what's my incentive me, to pay for that? Yeah. Exactly. It reminds me of this old, this old Russian joke yeah. that I heard. And it's essentially, yeah, I love this. Yeah. A guy goes down to the, a guy goes down to, he's, you know, in an old Soviet Russia and he goes down to the um, car, like to a car dealership and he walks in and he talks to the dealer and he goes, how much for the car? And tells him this much. And he goes, okay. And he goes, and he pays for it. And he goes, he goes, okay, you pay now. Uh, it'll be here next year. He goes, oh, do you, can you have anything more specific? He goes, oh, uh, it'll be here March 13th. And he goes, oh, is it going to be here in the morning or the afternoon? And then the dealer goes, does it matter? And he goes, well, I've got the plumber coming in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, this <laughs> something's wrong. So the plumber's been booked to, for a whole quote, year too. To, booked to for quote, a whole year too. Um, the the immortal bard. Um, <laughs> Uh, something's rotten in the state of Denmark, right? So there's something, something's not right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, honestly, this is just kind of me selfishly. I think it'd be pretty fascinating. I, I'm not saying I would enjoy it because I think a lot of innocent people would get hurt. So, I, and I don't ever root for that. But I just think, like, it'd be fascinating to see the CCP kind of collapse on itself. Like, you know, because I feel like President Xi despite all of his faults, is very entrepreneurial in the sense that he's setting up all these yeah. trade agreements with with Saudi Arabia, with BRICS, all like all that's very that's his entrepreneurial spirit taken over. But at the but, same time as at the same time as he's living his, he's crushing all the rest of exactly. it. Exactly. So it's well and like the thing is like if you're President Xi, you're trying to live your best life, somebody's got to finance for it, right? Somebody's got to finance for your power. Absolutely. So, like, if the bottom falls out, if the real estate market collapses, and boom, there goes, you know, a fifth of your GDP. A fifth of my GDP. Yeah. It's like, well, um, where can I turn to next, right? And, and, like, real estate is something that everybody sees. Like, everybody notices. Like, everybody's going to see that, like, okay, the CCP is falling apart. Just take a look at the real estate market. Everybody can, it's, it's, you can't hide real estate. No, you know, it's not like gold. It, it, it's like that, <laughs> like, like that Potemkin you know, village. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah, well, eventually people are going to realize there's no there there. Like, exactly. you know, if, I have, if I own a gold mine, I, I was watching something, I forget what it was, but like if you have a, if you have a giant paper factory, like, and you've got the money from Western investors who are buying your stock from you, yeah. and you see so you just pay to have trucks come and go to convince people that it's real, like that all falls apart when a, when a person pretending to be a tea salesman comes up to the security gate and goes, hey, I'm a tea salesman. I want your factory as one of my clients. I want to sell you tea for your break room. Oh, How many yeah. samples should I leave so that everyone could have a cup of tea? And the security guard goes, I don't know, 60 for a whole factory. And it's yeah. like that. Wait a minute. This factory should have hundreds of employees. Yeah, but at some point, um, like, like you have to at least have the financing to pay for the truck's delivery for the appearance. Where as China is running out of the money, they're running out of money for that. So yeah. that's what I mean. Is like at some point, I think it's going to be fascinating to see the CCP but, collapse on itself. But remember, you know, yeah. Well, and if it thing, does, hopefully like, it does. I think I, I'm hoping it is. It what does, you have is that in China, essentially the rules are fraud stops at the border, fraud stops mm -hmm. at the shore, like. If you're defrauding, if you're defrauding a resident of Beijing, that's a crime. You can't do that. But yeah. if you're defrauding an American in California, okay. okay, yeah, dumb American shouldn't have given you the money. <laughs> so that's that is, if you've wondered why historically we've talked about like the U.S. delisting Chinese or delisting foreign companies and saying, well, you actually have to submit books that are audited to Sarbanes-Oxley standards that are kept yes. in compliance with GAAP or these are essentially kept to, to American style standards. Yep. If you want to be listed on the U S exchanges, you have to be, your accounting has to be up to American standards. If you want to sell American bonds, if you want to sell, yeah, exactly. If you want to sell or, it or in U S issue yeah, bonds sell, in American dollars, right? Like that's what I really, really yeah. yeah. In, in, so. Into the U S into U S markets through yeah. U S um, stock exchanges through U S exchange. You have to, you have to do that. And it's, you look at a lot of these firms and it's like, can you create a massive fraud and do that? Of course, Enron did. Yeah. And Bernie Madoff did. And Bernie Madoff did it yeah. after Enron when it was still when they when they converted after, to Sarbanes Oxley. Yeah. He was able to he was able to keep that going. But yeah. yeah, so if you're if you're a Chinese firm, it's easy to create that. But the problem is eventually people get wise and they go, huh, sixty yeah. percent of houses don't get delivered. Yeah. I wonder if this if this developer is is one of those guys, if sixty percent of their projects aren't completed. Yeah, so at some point, like they're they're gonna run out of cash. Right. Which it's, you know, I think, I think we're coming closer and closer to that quote unquote, some point where mm -hmm. they do run out of cash. So, you know, I think it's pretty fascinating to see, like, like I said, I, I'm here for it. Like I'm, 
you know, if if it does kind of fall on its head, I I'm not going to feel bad for the CCP. I feel bad for the people of China that they or may not potentially get hurt from it. But yeah, you feel you you feel bad for the people that yeah. But suffer. I've, I've been feeling bad for the people of China that have been living in these cement boxes on the thirtieth floor with no elevator. Yeah, my 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 thirty floor walk. Yeah, up. and the only way they can get water <laughs> up there is if they go down to the well at, in the courtyard that really isn't a courtyard, but it's a courtyard that with a pump, and then you pump buckets of water, you put it on a barbell, and you walk it up thirty flights of stairs. That's how you get water up there. Yeah, I seem to recall them doing things like that in Mulan. Cartoon. Yeah, like ex- ex- exactly. It's like exactly you'd, like that. You'd hope that in theory that uh, and you don't know if it's the, clean, so you have to build a fire. Yes, yeah, so you have to build a fire in your apartment, boil the water up, so it, so it's you know purified to some extent, and then that's the water you drink. And yeah, then over no, that's, here, that's a, yeah, and then over here you have the water that you wash yourself with, right? And you don't have proper pumping. Then use yeah, so you sometimes because because you know, boy, you don't want to mix up your clean water, your 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 water buckets with your waste bucket yeah, that, like, that would not be a good oops. day yeah and yeah and i've heard you know i've seen like a lot of people that you know they don't shower they shower in the courtyard why no unfortunately that sucks a lot of times i have to clean themselves in the courtyard because it's like well we don't have plumbing i don't have plumbing on the 30th floor i don't want to get my neighbors yeah <laughs> i don't want i don't want like some sort of leakage to my neighbor so yeah it's it's a that's, that's i've like i said i felt bad for them right how much more they can can they handle and i don't i don't uh i don't disagree with them not wanting to buy houses. As a matter of fact, I think they should save their money uh, and do and do other things with it. But that's that's kind of a fascinating thing, you know. Speaking of being super leveraged, um, there's a country that's a little bit closer than China that's very super leveraged. To um, <laughs> I will say flat out, this country, if it's the one I think you're thinking about, uh-huh. is over leveraged. It's not super leveraged; they are over leveraged. I think they're. they're, they're I, I think over leveraged exceeds is a, GDP. At this yeah, point, it's, so. it's one of those. It's one of those countries. I will say this though about this uh, particular country is that they do at least have some redeeming qualities in the fact that they produce some excellent whiskey and excellent beer. And, you know, it is the home to some excellent universities, particular one that's about right in the middle of it. Really right uh, in the middle, I right, would say. Right about, you might say there's like there's some fond memorials there. Yeah. Right, are we talking about the same country? Yeah, I, th- I think we're talking about the same country. Uh, and it's the, uh, it, you know, it's the... Um, it's oh oh that's right it's the United States of America how could I forget absolutely um, of course yeah, how could so, we how could we we how could we let last week not mention that of course we hit the debt ceiling a week early yeah so <laughs> this is the thing remember like okay so I'll admit I was wrong in the fact that I predicted a month ago that we would hit no I, this was more like two months ago I predicted and I don't know if it was caught on mic or not but like I predicted that we were going to hit the debt ceiling oh yeah you in said December. That. In December, uh, well, yeah. I said it was going to be before year end. And okay, so I was wrong. My bad. All right, I was off. Well, they got, um, well, because what happened is they got together and they decided to kick the can down the road a little bit. Genius right? move. Yes. Look, let's put it this way. I know a few NFL teams who are looking for kickers. Let's see what these Congress people are doing. Because like, they've got practice. <laughs> they, they, they've got a lot of practice. Uh, dude, okay, hold on. I don't know if you're talking about the Dallas but Cowboys, they, but Brett Maher is my dude. So I, that's my, I'm just saying, that's, that's my dude. I know he's. I know I've, you know, I feel bad for, God, I feel so bad. It's like, not his fault they lost that game. It, it is not. It is not his fault. And but the, he didn't the help. fact that he was like 29 for 32 all season, by the way, and also 9 yeah. for 11, 50 plus all season. So he's a great kicker. I don't care what anybody says. Brett Maher is my dude. Okay. So just a little backstory. And I know this is, we're going way off the rails here. Brett Maher kicked at the University of Nebraska. So that university that I was talking about right in the middle of the country, that's... Uh, at Memorial Stadium? Yeah. Brent Maher was a kicker and he punted at Nebraska. Not, not a lot of people remember that. He was the punter before Stan That's Fult- right, he did he was, punt He was the too. punter before, before Sa- Fultz. Before my boy Fultz, yeah. And I was yeah. I was pretty close with both those guys. Brent Maher 
in the summer, he worked at the golf course for the University of Nebraska. So like we like the course that we would play at, he worked there. So I got range balls from him. He would like to be like, hey, yeah, the, the tee box is clear. Go ahead whenever you're ready. So I, Brett Maher is my boy, man. I felt really bad. I, I had no idea he was going to make it. Like he was working at the golf course when he was like in between seasons of him kicking in Canada. Yeah, but I it's mean, serious. like you got to do what you got to do. This is, he was before NIL money. You were before NIL money. Yeah. Think about how much, think about how much money you could, how much you could have pulled down with that NIL. Me? No, no. We're the Wong, bro- <laughs> we're the Wong brothers that. and we, and we like this golf course. I don't, I don't know, know about, I don't, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, yeah, no, but I'm saying I'm just saying they have that they have practice kicking kicking cans down the road and not dealing with things. They yeah. can teach college freshmen procrastinating on a paper some stuff about about not dealing with it yet. No, it, <laughs> but um, they at least decided to to fund the government through September and essentially go. Well, <laughs> I want to get paid, so let's get paid. And so they they took care of yeah. that, but they didn't do anything about the debt ceiling, well, even so- in the lame duck session, which was. Kind of stressful. Well, so what's going to happen? Like, I mean, well, here's like, so here's the I don't, thing. Like, I, I'm not going to put it. I'm not going to wage money on us defaulting in loans on the U.S. defaulting in loans. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think but. that's going to happen either. But here's the thing. Like, so uh, last week on Wednesday night or late Wednesday, we officially hit the debt ceiling, and yep. Janet Yellen began what are called extraordinary measures. Right. So extraordinary <laughs> measures is where is where uh, the Treasury Department starts um, paying off credit cards with credit cards to essentially. It moves. It moves things around. It robs Peter to pay Paul, right? It, it doesn't. I mean, it's it's, it it's a very it sophisticated thing. It's a very sophisticated process called debt rollovers, right? Where you call it, yeah, between debt rollovers and then and then where they where they decide, okay, we're not going to pay. So everything that's current, so every single treasury bond that's held by the U.S. government by a federal agency, we're not yeah. going to pay the coupons on those. We'll create the we'll create the liability to pay it, and we'll pay it once the debt ceiling has been raised. But for now, we're just going to we're going to hold mm. that cash. We're going to use it for different things. It, I mean, um, if you don't pay, it's, it's, if you don't pay a coupon, that's like a form of default. That's almost the same thing. It is. And just just so you know, like in case, you know, anybody's wondering as, as far as credit history of the United States. It's one of five countries that's never defaulted. Yes, it's never defaulted. And also, I, I should extend an olive branch here as well. For the longest time, U.S. De- US government has always been considered risk free. Standard & Poor's, Fitch, and Moody's, which are the, the three main rating agencies. There, there, are, there are more out there, but there's the three main ones. I hate that they're, all, they're the only ones, but either way, I digress. They're the main ones. They, they rate U.S. government bonds generally as AAA, as the highest rating, the highest investment grade rating for bonds. AAA rated bonds have never defaulted. So Standard, Standard & Poor's, Fitch, and Moody's, if you have a AAA rating from any of those companies, Odds are you have never defaulted in your loans. Granted, yeah, I guess when I said five, there are ten, and it's Canada, Denmark, Belgium, Finland, Malaysia, Mauritius. Have never defaulted. Um, New Zealand, Norway, um, Singapore, the United States, and Australia. Oh wow! Now, well, hold on. I, I, um, I got to clean up what I said real quick. Uh, I got to tag along something at the end because yeah. you know I said AAA rated bonds have never defaulted. Granted, AAA bonds have been downgraded and then defaulted. So I don't want to. I don't want to say all AAA bonds have never defaulted. If you buy a AAA bond and it gets defaulted on, I don't. Want, I'm just saying it can get downgraded. But anyways, what were you saying? Well, yeah, yeah. No, there's there's essentially 10, 11 countries that um, that have never defaulted that are you know l- l- that are larger and, and it boils down to it's essentially it's Canada, the United States, Denmark, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, right? So these are these are countries that have never their their debt has been considered good, right? That they they've always made good on their debt. Uh, in their existences, um, mm-hmm. the problems start, or the problems become is, um, yeah, U.S. debt, however, has been downgraded once for a little yeah. while, and it was in 2011. 
It was the last time the Republicans uh, the Republicans decided that they wanted to do well, something about the debt ceiling. They were flirting and, with uh, it. And they, they, they were flirting with the idea with it. Like remember in twenty twenty one when there was that we reached that first you know like we reached the debt ceiling thing to debacle for the first time or since I guess we started yep. the podcast. But like you know like if we talked about it, there was a debt ceiling debacle that happened in late twenty twenty one, mid to yeah. late twenty twenty one. And the yeah, ratings agencies yeah. were almost going, they were almost going to downgrade. Yeah. And I, th- but I think, debt. but I think they woke up at that point. They said, okay, now we actually have to do something. And so they kicked it, they, they kicked it down the road. It's in an omnibus. So they well, yeah. actually, what they really did is they, they passed a, a, a spending package, which raised the debt ceiling instantly by the amount of, um, spent a proposed spending. Yeah. I think that's going to happen. All that spending here. hadn't, hadn't been done yet. I honestly, I'm that's not gonna sure if that's, what's going to happen this time, but so here's yeah. what'll happen. Here's what I, here's what I think will happen. Okay. So we have a Republican house, a democratic Senate. And the Democratic White House. I think Mitch McConnell. So I, I don't care for Mitch McConnell. I don't know if I've made that clear um, uh, over the last few years. Yeah, uh, but uh, I don't. I don't care for the guy. But I think <laughs> he's looked at Kevin McCarthy and what the Republicans in the House are doing, and he's gone. These people are crazy. Um, and he's also looking here, going, "I'm a minor- I'm the minority leader, but I will not be held hostage by five crazy people in the House. I won't do it." So I think we'll get a version, some version of a debt ceiling raise that is passed to the Senate um, that's palatable. Like, it won't be great, but it'll be palatable. Well, but this is the problem And then with the question it. will be what happens in the House. And then the real question yeah. will come is, because no matter what McCarthy does, he's, he's, he's damned if he does, he's damned if he doesn't. Absolutely. If he goes yeah. to raise the debt ceiling, he's going to lose, he, he can't afford to lose five, um, five votes because if he loses five votes and he's, it's not palatable enough to the Democrats, he's going to lose. He, it won't pass. Yeah. So I think what will happen is you'll end up with some some version of the Senate bill. We'll get to the House and it will it will take some Republicans crossing the aisle. You, you'll end up with some mid middle mid block of Democrats yeah. and Republicans having to vote it through. Now, the problem is, I don't know if they get that done. Before the extraordinary measures run out, yeah, well, that's I, my I think, concern. So this is the thing: is I th- so if those extraordinary measures do run out, I think we're it's going to be a huge test of okay, what does the federal government actually prioritize? Because if you default on your loans, then you can still afford to pay the pension plans and and the workers, government workers, all that kind of stuff. But so essentially, you can decide from either you know not de- not defaulting and not paying pension plans and workers, or you can decide on defaulting but still being able to pay your pension plans and, and your yeah so so right. what happens there is you generally see something like um and we've seen this with um with evergrand specifically evergrand did this too where they said okay yeah. we'll pay all domestically held debt we will not pay international debt yeah. um and That's so you might see fitting. that you might see yeah. the united states do something like that where if it were to come to it, you might see the government say okay well every pension fund that holds treasuries, every um, every U.S.-based bank, every U.S.-based business, every U.S.-based holder of bonds, they will be paid. Yeah. But overseas holders, we will enter default. So we'll enter default on Ew. treasuries held by the Bank of England, treasuries held by the bank, by, by the People's Republic of China. Yeah. Um, or- well, there's, that, there's that big argument that if the U.S. wants to pay the debt, what it can do is it can just print script and pay. <laughs> but that devalues yeah. your currency, right? So, and then yeah. there's arguments that well, you can't actually do that with currency, with with printed currency for for blank reasons. And then there's those weird, like there's like the weird sovereign citizen arguments that are like, well, coin coinage isn't isn't cur- isn't currency for that respect. So yeah. we can we can mint a coin that pays the debt and and do that. And I'm well, like, that, that was yeah. The, well, Janet Yellen debunked that today, right? <laughs> she was like, okay, no, we're not print, we're not she minting, did, yeah, we're not we're not minting this coin. Yeah, she but, did, and it's, I mean, it's because I, I it's, it's because every time around yeah. a demo, every time there's been a Democrat 
in the Treasury Department, and that question or that or that crazy statement comes out, um, the Democrat Secretary of the Treasury goes, "No, that's not that's not a feasible solution. That's not a viable solution. That's just not real." Right. Um, yeah. So whereas, like, I mean, like, whereas, like Steve Mnuchin was like, "I don't know, we could." I'm like, "Steve, no, Steve, no, yeah, do it." Well, and, that, and that's the thing is like, I mean, technically, could we print more money and issue more debt to? not default yes absolutely one issuing more debt is not a good idea because we've you know i I don't i don't know if that's considered within our budget anymore and also too if we do issue more debt it's at a more it's at a higher interest rate so that's one of the things we talked about you know debt rollovers if we like there's a lot of debt coming due this year in the u.s it's like six trillion or something like that of you know dollars of debt that's coming due in the u.s we're probably going to roll that over AKA what I mean by that is raise another $6 trillion in debt at a higher interest rate now because we've raised interest rates like crazy for the last year. So that's something, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not trying to be like, you know, superstitious about well, no, anything. And, but, uh, I mean, on the other hand, like a lot of the debt, a lot of the current debt holders would be more than happy to do that. Like, oh, oh I've, got, course, a, yeah. I've got a, a five-year bond that's paying off at 2% interest. And then the next one is, oh, the next one's going to come out. I'm going to get 4% Ooh, yeah, on my a coupon. More, a little like, bit more attractive. Great, yeah. yeah. Let yeah, me, of course. I, oh, and and essentially at that point, just being like, well, you don't have to give me a one thousand dollar. You don't have to give me my cash. Uh, what's the face value of this? Is, is not the face value of the bond, but they'll look at the bond the and go like, okay, or... give me. As I say, look at the par oh, the value. Price. And they'll say, give me the. Yeah, essentially, what's the pr- what is the price of this bond if you went to the if you went to the auction and they'd say, hey, um, if the bond that's currently expiring is worth a thousand dollars and the bond you're about to issue. I would buy at a two hundred, you know, at a hundred and fifty dollar discount. I would say just give me that bond at one hundred and fifty bucks. Right, straight rollover, a plow, essentially a plowback. Yeah. Um, the the yeah, real exactly. problem comes is that the second that U.S. bonds are no longer risk free, some point in June or July. Yeah, let's hope think that about happen, how much. But- which yeah. we, yeah, absolutely don't want to happen. But think about this. Like, if you think like that'll be bad in the US, it would be. But think about everywhere else, everyone else who is in a worse economic position, but who's been holding these bonds, like assuming that they were risk-free. Yeah. Essentially, you've got every overseas bank. So if suddenly the entire world looks around and goes, wait, it's the strongest currency in the world right now is the dollar, and they aren't paying yeah. their and debt. The most reliable- then and the most reliable then, isn't yeah. paying their debt. That crisis of confidence, right? Because 2008 wasn't, the, the markets were trending down. That was it. They were just slowly trending down. Right. Panic didn't happen until there was a crisis in leadership, a crisis in confidence with the government's ability to deal with the problem. You mm-hmm. get to June or July and that crisis happens again, it will make, I would say it would make 2008 look like a picnic. Like yeah. it, 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 will be, it would be ugly. In June or July. Yeah. Let's put this way. I think football season would be in doubt. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. I hope not. That'd make me really sad. I mean, I think, you know, one of the things like that might happen is because like, I know the, 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 you know, the extraordinary measures like they obviously don't want to tap into that too often. No. Right. So they need, something needs to be done. It needs to stop being an every time kind of thing. Yeah. Like every two years. Okay. No, I I don't want to play this game every two years. Nobody wants to. Right. So we need to get spending under control and do we need to increase tax receipts? I don't know. I don't know if that's the answer. I don't know if that's a tax burden is necessarily something that, that the, the economy wants to take on right now, but I'm sure like in, in some pockets of the economy that can, you know, really alleviate the issue. But I think the big thing is the government, I and when I say the government, I mean like the federal government, you know, Congress, I think they're really going to urge the central bank. So Jerome Powell, who has been a celebrity for the last four years, I think they're really going to urge him to sit, to lower rates, maybe in the middle of the year at some point, which I don't want him to do, but I think they might urge him to do that because they're going to be like, okay, look, 
We need to raise new debt. We need to roll over a lot of debt that's coming due, that's maturing this year. We don't want to do it at this extremely expensive rate. So hurry up and lower the rates so that we can roll over the debt, issue debt to make sure we don't default. And then, you know, whatever playbook that you had before, you can you can start calling plays from that. All right. So here's I think you are probably right that there will be there will be conversations where they'll say you've got to do something because we can't we can't sustain this. And, and to be fair, I think Powell will sit there and go, I can't do that just because you've got a problem. He goes, yeah. you guys have to deal with your problems. I'm here. I've got an inflation I he, problem. I hope he does and that. Guys, this debt ceiling issue, it is an issue, but it's your issue. Inflation's mine. This is yours. Stay in your I, lane. Stay in I your hope lane. Does that. Not, not because I um, want the, not because I want the US government to default. That would be no, awful. Because he, just, but, he, just, but he needs to deal with inflation. I just, yeah. Not their because, problem. Like, yeah, it, because like there's multiple reasons. One, I've just like the accountability principle, right? Like I think we need that. Mm-hmm. So him doing that would kind of enforce that accountability principle. Two, you know, accountability for him as well. He said he was going to tackle inflation last year. He didn't really do a good job of it. And I think well, he knows he, that. He, so he tried. He just, it was a, he, it was he a did. Just poor attempt at a tackle. Let's put it that way. It was a yeah, bad yeah. tackle. It was a missed tackle. Yeah, was a, but he's upset. Yeah, it was, it was Mike play. McCarthy calling a hail, calling a, calling a hail Mary at the end of the game with Zeke snacking yeah. Ezekiel Elliott it's, snapping um, the ball. That's but but now, okay, new uh, quarter, new game, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, He's back out there. He's not going to miss. He's not going to fall for that same one again. He's yeah. going. He's going to go after this one aggressively. But like we remember, we remember what happened in the seventies, right? So like in the seventies, th- there was kind of this kind of issue, right? Debt rollovers, debt ceilings, all that kind of stuff, and th- and then Congress kind of pressured the Federal Reserve to lower rates because of debt rollovers, of default risk, and all that kind of stuff. And they and so, they did. They did. They they early. pivoted. They pivoted off of this high, this contraction era policy that they had, which is kind of what we're looking at right now. They pivoted. And guess what happened? Paul Volcker was like, "All right, you know what? I'm going balls to the wall here." I'm, I'm well, infl- well, inflation, inflation got out of control. Yeah. So that's and so, so he, Volcker so went that well. Provoked, provoked, yeah, exactly. So and I, I and guess that, I skipped a step. Yeah, and that's so. how we got, and that's how we got the the what they call the Volcker recession or Volcker's interest rates. We have interest rates at eighteen, you know, up up and up in the double digits. Yeah, he had to, double digit, he had to bring yeah, the double, hammer down. Yeah, double digit hikes. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if we pivot too soon, I think that would be. In the long run, potentially worse. Like, and I think you know, I, I kind of, throw, I kind of mentioned this, you know, in our off my conversations. I think the Fed really needs to see small, medium businesses, like once they cut jobs, because we've seen Google cut jobs. Yeah. We've seen, yeah. So Google's you know, cutting Google, what six percent of it, or Alphabet's cutting six percent of their workforce. Alpha, yeah. Microsoft about four and a half. Yeah, but like the um, banks are starting every, to cut. Every like everybody's yeah. Every yeah, Goldman. Um, every major tech firm except for Apple. Yeah. Is is cutting, and I was looking at that. And I was trying to figure out why. Why, why is this, why is Apple the, why is Apple the odd man out? Now, initially I know I said Microsoft won't do it either because Microsoft has a lot of infrastructure, yeah. but then I realized what it was. And it's because Apple's the only one of these firms that didn't expand their workforce in the last two years or three years oh, okay. that didn't like really expand their workforce. Like Microsoft and Google, they've put on, I think Microsoft hired 50,000 people. Yeah. It was, it's, it's well, not I, substantial. I think it's fascinating too. Cause that's, I, I do think, you know, like you go to all these small businesses and you still see all these help wanted signs everywhere. Whereas, you know, you're seeing a different story when you go into the S&P large caps, right? Yeah, they're so, all starting to cut. Yeah, the narrative is way different. So I think it's pretty fascinating. Like, you know, I, I think that's ultimately what it comes down to is like, okay, if small businesses start cutting, then all of a sudden the Fed can start thinking about a pivot. But I think you don't just pivot Absolutely. On, a, on a dime. You 
let your no, policies you sit in place for a while and have the effect you want them to. Exactly. Or, conf- or confirm and or confirm maybe that the plateauing or decrease in or the decrease in the rate of inflation yeah. is because of your policy and it's not just a fluke. Exactly. So you you want the goals that you had set out for yourself to be actually achieved. And I think you're absolutely right on that. Now here and I'm I I I've never been a huge fan I've been a huge fan of the cheat sheet or even the open book generally speaking. Yeah. Same time I know that makes the exam generally speaking harder. But I will give Congress this really amazing hint. It's really, it's a really simple cheat that if they oh, want to use it, they should. And it's really simple. The debt ceiling is arbitrary. Whoa. It's not in the Constitution. What? It's just what a concept. A, it's, it, is, it is a law oh that Congress gosh. passed in, 19, in the 19 teens around what the First a, World War. What a concept, dude. You blew my mind. Congress. Oh my God. Really quick, I'm just going to tell you <laughs> if you want to stop having this fight, and I strongly encourage you to stop having this fight, just get rid of the debt ceiling. You don't need it. No one else in the world has one. Like it's, it's, like it's, it's not, it's clearly not doing any good. Like I would understand having it if you guys were passing like balanced, but like budget, not even balanced budgets. If you were, I mean, well, balance yeah. would be ideal, but if you guys were passing budgets regularly, each Congress, instead of, instead of omnibus spending packages, or yeah. willy, William Nilliam, well, if yeah, you will. That makes sense. Cause I feel like um, most of Europe, like if you look at the debt, to GDP for most of Europe, it's. You know, it's on it's on its head, right? It's like high. it's it's one point something, right? I'm not saying it's mm-hmm. good, but I'm just saying, like, no, I, I do believe in creditworthiness of the U.S. I I, I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to lift the debt ceiling forever, but it's like, like what I, I all think I really you, want is like, okay, so if you have eight hundred billion dollars that you're planning on spending on military and defense, only spend that much, right? And yeah. be efficient with don't it. Like, you know, yeah, like Absolutely. don't don't just be like, okay, oh, this thing, this project costs ninety million dollars. Okay, here's ninety million dollars. Oh, this one costs two seventy, and we only planted two sixty million. And you're well, and you're late uh, over budget. Well, congratulations, your shareholders get to eat the fact that you're over budget now. You need yeah. to become. You Done. need to bid more accurately. Now, if yep. I come in and I change the contract, that's a different thing. But if you go, hey, this fighter plane I'm developing is actually going to be more expensive than we originally thought. My response is, you bid what you bid. Yeah. You deliver what you're contractually obligated to deliver. We will pay you what we're contractually obligated to pay you. You and say we're going to give you $100 at, at billion. The time, dollars. At the time that you specify that you were going to deliver it. Absolutely. Right? That's a big you one, need to be right? on so. time, on budget. And if you're over budget, your firm and, your sh- and its shareholders, by extension, need to come up with that. Need, yep. That's on them. I'm sorry. Your I'm sorry. Your profitability is going down. Yeah. You should have given us a more accurate bid. We would have paid you more money if you'd given us a more accurate bid. Yeah. But we it's would not our fault. Yeah. You can't be a hog at the trough. You can't, the government. The government isn't a trough for military and defense spending. For you just pig out. I mean, there's that great phrase: pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. And when you all act like hogs, boy, am I down to slaughter. Yeah. Exactly. And it's. And I think to your point, it's really just an, it's a big accountability thing, right? Like you say, like for all, mm-hmm. all sides, right? Like you, you say you're going to accept this much for this service, deliver on it. U.S. Now, government, you say you're going to spend this much, only spend that much. That's absolutely. It, right. And then, like, and, but no. see, because if you did that, if you did that consistently, I'd be like, you know what? They are budgeting. They're keeping to their budget. I don't worry about the debt ceiling existing. But at the same time, you don't need the debt ceiling if you're doing that. But you also right. don't need the debt ceiling at all. But but really, like, I mean, and to, speak, and to speak to you kind of one of those things that that you were hinting at earlier, if you want something that's delivered on, 
that is awesome. Oh, you should yeah. check out drunkonomics.myspreadshop.com yeah, because it a delivers. Lot of, there's a lot of great things. It's a, it delivers really good-looking hoodies. Absolutely. Black hoodies. And, um, um, and in other colors, too, like light black and dark black. black. Yeah, exactly. Um, like light black and, and we also have light black and dark black and even darker black polos, golf polos. So if you want to go yep. shoot under par somewhere. With, with that fireball in hand. What? Uh, milk or no milk, your call. I'm not trying to three-putt, dude. And, and I don't want to do fireball well, see, so in one of those polos. I'm going to be honest. I don't golf. <laughs> oh. I putt-putt. I've never, I've never actually gone golfing. I've well, never actually driven a ball. I'm, I'm either, I'd either be really good at it or absolutely well, awful. If you putt putt with tell, fireball, but I will tell all of you, if I'm, if I'm out golfing, I'm drinking a fireball, and every time I'm swinging the club and hitting it, I'm going, I'm going, um, Aaron, and I'm uh, swinging. Yeah, yeah. Basketball Kobe. players sit there and say Kobe, Kobe. Yeah. and you hit, and you go, and you go for that Aaron swing the because that's just drunkenomical, right there. Yeah, that's yeah, just, that's just totally. That's, to say, say my name. Oh gosh, that's what just, you got to do. That just sounds terrible, but whatever. I mean, if you if, now, if you if you don't if you don't want people on the course knowing that you're drinking Fireball or anything else, we also have some really sweet um, mugs, uh, travel it's cups, nice. to go cups, uh, metal mugs, right? So you can keep that sweating to a minimum. You can, yeah, exactly. you can be classy. Yeah, um, and additionally, from the tip of the tip jar, uh, all that was is. is would be very much appreciated. Seriously, um, uh, you could do that at Patreon, patreon.com slash drunkenomics, D-R-U-N-K-N-O-M-I-C-S. Uh, leave a tip in the tip jar. Help us. Uh, yeah, help us keep our um, help um, us keep our bar cart stocked, our our uh, our, our produce intact. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Our ice frozen. Bad. Our our yeah. fridge is cold. Our whiskey our whiskey stones freezing. And um, yeah, and yeah. Just keep us in good spirits. Keep us going there. Literally. And, and we, absolutely. And that and that's that is uh, one of the. Like one of our favorite things is obviously uh, the support we get from you guys. Yeah. Also, if you if you don't want to do any of that, um, and look, I strongly encourage you to. Uh, we'd really appreciate just writing us a review yes. um, wherever you listen to your podcast. Just give us a review. Tell us what you think. I mean, I prefer if you if if it's five stars, we are Drunkonomics. If it's like two stars, this is Morning Brew. Um, <laughs> if it's one star, then it's Barstool Finance. Absolutely no, because I'm a, I'm a I'm a simple man with a simple plan. Whenever I'm dealing with people on the bar and they're like and they're like I'm a Yelp. I'm a platinum oh level yelper, gosh. and I'm like, oh, you're, and I immediately just in my mind go, you're, a, you're awful you're just a person. Not good um, human yeah. yeah, you are. You, it's just like, oh, you're unbearable. But that's why, Jim, uh, speaking, if you've ever had me as a bartender, you've probably heard a joke at some point when they're like writing, and they're like, I'm gonna write a review. And I'm like, well, if you enjoyed your time, my name's James. And if you didn't, my name's Stephen. And um, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's, it's just yeah. No, but know, seriously, all feedback is, really, is seriously greatly appreciated. The fact that you guys are listening, the fact that you guys are drinking with us, uh, I it's really, huge. I really enjoy um, it all. With that said, I encourage you to please continue to play Chestnut Checkers. Don't brag, just say, always feel and kill. What else am I missing? Uh, uh, do everything in your power to, um, I don't know, it's just really simple. Well, it's not really simple. It's actually really hard to do, but everyone everyone out there, I know you guys make it look easy when you stay drunkenomical all week. Absolutely. Right? Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Cheers.